Listener Production. Whether you drink soy milk, oat milk, almond milk, rice milk or chalky milk, we've got a seat at the table for you. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Oh, it's a problem with the new technology, Alex Dyson, you know. I'm watching this incredible 7 Plus app, you know, trying to watch these big games that's happening in Tokyo and um, yeah, too much choice. A lot I'm of- scrolling for bloody 10 minutes trying to decide. I'm like... Do I want to watch badminton? Do I want to watch a beach volleyball? Do I want to watch rowing? It's the curse of choice, isn't it? I know, because, I mean, back in the day, you'd turn on the TV <laughs> and you got what you got and you don't got much luck. You, choice. I don't know what you You did not even entertain the thought that you could be watching table tennis at an <laughs> no. Olympic level. You just decided this was it. My day is done. Um, it's swimming or bust. Um, but yeah. you're right. It, did you? What did you end up picking? I went for the skulls. I was watching some skulls yesterday because we had a meeting after our show yesterday, and and the whole team was getting all amped up about the Australian gold and the women's and the men's, and ah, oh, it was exciting. I, I tell you what, there was it was a gold rush yesterday. Huge stuff, and um, yeah, hope you're going well. If you're continuing to check out the sports, I mean, it's the well, two it's the two things that I'm watching these days give you the opposite feeling. There's Australians winning gold, which I just, I love it. So I can't tell you how much I am proud of all these people. Ariane Titmus getting a second gold yesterday. Um, that, or a coronavirus press conference, and which just fills yeah. your heart with dread. So I'd say... Just tallies. Tallies all getting <laughs> tallied up. Yeah, look at the medal tally and then look at the daily <laughs> look numbers. At the cases tally. On the other um, side But of I've things. got some really interesting big games... Uh, Tokyo Big Games facts oh, yeah. for you. About to get our mind We are doing mind blown today. We're also very, very excited to be chatting to uh, this up and coming Aussie artist. Prepare your minds and ears for Psycho. This song has blown up everywhere. Dribble. Uh, you might have heard a couple of other tracks which have a million or so views on um, Psycho's uh, rap sheet. But the big EP, her very first, uh, comes out on Friday. Uh, so I'm going to be having a chat to uh, Young Gun Psycho about that very soon. All right, let's get stuck into it. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Well, it is a Thursday, Matt, 29th of July, uh, which is a big day in the big cat calendar, uh, International Tiger Day. Um, shout outs to you if you are a tiger or a fan of tigers, because tell you what, Matt, not a bad animal. One of my one of my faves. I think cheetah just just beats it, but I think tiger's second on the big cat. Yeah, cat um, they are beautiful animals, big, beautiful creatures. I, I mean, I'm a cat person. Doesn't matter how big, I do not discriminate against how big mm. or small my cats are. Um, but I do prefer my tigers to be in the wild. Yes, best way to do it. Um, don't like them bombed, tiger balm. No, 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 no. Too hot, too hot and spicy for me. Tell you what, I don't mind a tiger roll from uh, particular bakeries. Yeah, they got the little orange and white stripes across the top, giving that good crunch when you sink your teeth straight through to the ham and salad. Tigger, yum, my yum. favourite uh, Winnie the Pooh character. He's always good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can safely say that tigers are awesome. Yep. 
Alex Dyson. So, and so uh, we thought we'd do a little bit of a honour to Tigers today and just talk, talk about a bit of Tiger news. Yeah, Tiger news here, uh, a bit of growling, growling action to uh, celebrate International Tiger Day. What's been happening in the world of Tigers, Matt? Well, let's talk about the most media frenzied Tiger subject of the last 24 months. That's Tiger King. Oh, the king of Tigers. Joe Exotic, <laughs> um, you know, very big Netflix series, currently serving a 22-year prison sentence for the uh, murder for hire plot against his arch Tiger nemesis, Carol Baskin. Um, but he reckons he's going to get out soon. And uh, not only that, yeah. going to start launch his own dating show, okay, Bachelor King. <laughs> Um, in which case he's trying to find his sixth husband. Um, he's also starting his own marijuana company and is releasing his own seltzer company. Hard seltzers, which are very popular at the moment. Yeah, uh, called Tiger Piss. Wait, is this one of Madokai's funny jokes or is that what Joe Exotic's actually doing? Apparently that's exactly what he's calling it. Bringing out a drink called Tiger Piss. But you know what? Thank you for assuming that my comedy is at the depths of thinking that that would be a good joke. Thank you. Oh, and they're also filming Joe, the Tiger King movie here in oh Australia with thanks to uh, Kate McKinnon, who you might have seen playing Hillary Clinton on Saturday Night Live. She was in uh, Ghostbusters as well. Yeah, did an incredible rendition of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. You know, when the world was in the depths of despair. Uh, they're filming that in Australia, which will be interesting. She's playing Carol Baskin. Um, all right, look, moving on to Tiger Woods updates. Uh, we are talking the International Day of the Tiger. Five months into his uh, recovery, had a devastating car accident, shattered his leg. Mm. Um, people very concerned for Tiger. Um, but news is coming out. He's working tirelessly or should I say tigerlessly, on his rehab uh, in the hopes of returning to the PGA Tour. So Did you just before promote the standard of comedy f- to which you <laughs> dare not dive? <laughs> and you say Mr Woods has been working tigerlessly? <laughs> you got to start writing headlines for the Daily Telegraph, mate. It's, look, it's Palm look. City. Um, Tiger Woods' neighbour actually said they've played a lot since the crash and uh, and he's seen some fire in Tiger. Uh, said, we were both disappointed that we're not out there playing, but he's not lacking any fire in there at the moment. He never has. Mm. Uh, so good luck to Tiger. And also... Um, a bit of bit of good news. Well, good and sweet, sweet and sour news when it comes to uh, the Tiger world. Bengali the Tiger. Mm. All right, is the world's oldest living tiger in captivity. Twenty five years and three hundred twenty days. Uh, Bengali Tiger lives in Tiger Creek Animal Sanctuary in Tyler, Texas, USA. Cared for by. Uh, the dedicated animal staff there. Became well, that's, the first. that's what Joe Exotic would say about being cared for in captivity in America though, as well. <laughs> well, yeah, but look, I mean, hopefully everything's going well for Bengali. First got to the zoo in 2000, okay? It was a bit shy, often hiding from the visitors. Now life's good, as good as tiger in captivity can be, I'm assuming. So there you go. There's my tiger news for this week. Well done, Matt O'Kine. Thank you for your tigerless work in uh, bringing us. Uh, <laughs> All right, you find big cat news some, then, mate. Some hey? big categories of news stories there. Uh, <laughs> and you weren't lying down on the job. So well oh, done, okay. mate. Okay, <laughs> get off. Next segment. Let's go. All day breakfast. 
coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Now I feel a buzz. Well, Alex Dyson, it is a Thursday and that has recently become our <laughs> our special day uh, in which we attempt to blow your mind with some facts that we've learned throughout the week. Yeah, much like the Mythbusters on television, we like packing your mind with explosives and then just seeing how big that boom is. But that detonator doesn't always uh, go off quite correctly. And so every now and then, <laughs> instead of getting one's mind blown, uh, we may just end up getting a mild groan yeah, from Alex had, Dyson. That's sort of a, a, a backup parachute we've had to come in because occasionally a few of these mind-blowing facts have missed the well, mark somewhat. I always think they're interesting. That's why I say it. But old mate, you over here, you know, what are you saying? No, quality Oxford control here scholar, at All Day Breakfast. Einstein genius, president of the Mensa Club. <laughs> Suddenly you think you know everything. Well, okay, I've got a couple of couple of themed ones today because there is a big sporting event taking place over in Tokyo right mm. now. And so I thought we'd do a little bit of an, uh, an, a big games uh, version of mind blown. All right. Well, what do you got? What are your mind blowing facts about the games? <clears throat> All right. Youngest Olympian in history uh, to win a medal. Mm. 10-year-old Demetrios Laundris. A Greek gymnast Ten. who uh, won bronze in the parallel bars in the 1896 Athens Games. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Ten. Was that like year four? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, the parallel bars would have been a different beast back then. <laughs> we yeah. talked about it during the opening ceremony where the vault was literally just getting over the... The yeah. vault thing. 1897. I guess it would have been only kids who played on bars at that time, so an adult trying to do it would look really uncoordinated. 1897. I mean, I don't know what the life expectancy then, back then yeah. was, but I'm assuming it was. That was probably halfway through your life, 10 years old. Right. Probably had a family by that stage. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, moving on. Um, the oldest athlete in, um, in Olympic history, in modern Olympic history, 72 years old. A Swedish shooter called Oscar Swan won a silver medal at the 1920 Games in Antwerp. 72 years old, shooting. Yep. Uh, mild. Mild. <laughs> I knew, I, I was expecting that as well, to be honest. I mean, it's well, not, when you just have to stand there and, there and point. Yeah, nah. No, that's, a, that's an adult person <laughs> shooting a gun. Nah, that, that's it. I've seen, All right. I've seen buddy Liam Neeson going around shooting heaps of people in these things. He's about 70 now. <laughs> Mild right. groan for you, sir. <laughs> what about this? What about this? Okay. Um, at least one of the Olympic rings, colours, uh, appears in every national flag. Okay. Oh, is that a fact or is that asking That's me if? That's a fact. No. So like, so, like, you know, there's five different colours and yeah. the colours that they've chosen, at least every flag in the world will have one of those colours in it. Uh, oh, my Come on. How many more colours are there? Purple and orange? I mean, seriously. Yeah, well, okay, fine, fine, <laughs> fine. Okay, what about this? This blew my mind. Okay, this blew okay. my mind. All right. The Olympic torch relay is not an ancient tradition in any shape or form, okay? Started... In the 1936 Berlin Olympics, mm. in which Carl Diem, the chief organizer of the Olympic Games, thought of the idea of the relay as a way to spread 
messaging and propaganda about Nazi Germany through a series of countries which all succumbed to Nazi ruling within 10 years of the event. Mind alone. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the way the torture really is it now, it's, I just didn't realise it was propaganda. No, isn't that, isn't that wild? And so there was like a thing that they, because they weren't sure whether they um, wanted to do the Olympics. It was a look of mm. weakness and blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, and then, yeah, it was invented so that they could kind of go, hey, look at us, all the way through all these European countries. So it's kind of weird, isn't it, when you think about it? Because now I'm like, ah. Oh. One of the best things about Mind Blowed, and actually my favourite part of Mind Blowed, is uh, you sending us your voice messages of some mind-blowing facts that you've found out uh, in the not-too-distant past. Uh, Casey has done such a thing in giving us this mind-blowing fact. So I have a mind-blowing fact. The tongue actually rests on the roof of your mouth when you're not using it, not the bottom. Think about it. Bet your whole mouth feels uncomfortable now. Mind blown. Listen to us. Just rest our tongues. <laughs> Hang on. Why am I looking up? <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me concentrate. Let me concentrate. I mean, I don't... <laughs> this is so ridiculous. <laughs> no! Well, how's a tongue meant to rest? It doesn't sleep like a bat, <laughs> you know, hanging from the roof. It's like... Uh. No. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? <laughs> All right. Let's go with number two. Nathan sent us a voice memo. Uh, Alex. This one's about folding paper. If you fold a piece of paper 42 times, it can apparently reach all the way to the moon. That's 439,000 kilometres, I think. Yeah, a piece of paper is 0.1 of a mil thick. And then folding it every time will double that. And then it will apparently get to the moon. Whoa, hang on. <laughs> they also, I thought it was a fact well, that you can only fold a piece of paper seven times. Oh, wait a second, because I was thinking, like, <laughs> you'd have to have a piece of paper that in itself could go to the moon, surely. No, like, it's the thickness. If you, do, if you <clears throat> square something to the power of 42, I guess. Because if it's a mil thick. Yeah, but you'd have to... You would have to have a piece of paper that's so huge. It'd have to be like well, that's the thing. That's what where twenty my times fact, the size of the distance to the moon. Well, that's the thing because the fact that I learned, I think, in school at some point, was that no piece of paper, no matter how big, can be folded more than seven times because of the yeah. I remember trying thing. that several times, but maybe it's the GSM that you're using with the regular printer. We can have paper I mean? insider back here. Um, despite that, I think you can hear the mere fact that we're thinking about this. I think you can hear that our minds have been <laughs> mind blown. Oh, blown. So yeah, I guess tell you what, one I mil mean, is try and try two, and fold two all the paper two, that's in my pocket. Double it. <laughs> that would blow my mind because zero to the power of zero is. Is no, an irrational on. number. All right, let's go. Let's keep going. Is there any more? <laughs> yes, there is. is there Thank you, Dan, more? for this uh, mind blown. Humpty Dumpty, the song we all know and love, the fictional tale of an egg that fell to its death, is not actually fictional at all and actually has nothing to do with an egg. Humpty Dumpty was a cannon that was sitting on the wall of the King's Castle in the English Civil War of the 1640s that actually did fall and did shatter everywhere and the King's men actually did have to try and fix it. Mind... Bruh, I am picking up the pieces of my brain. So Humpty Dumpty was an actual cannon. Yeah, that that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I had no idea about that. Yeah. Uh, now i got to Google that to see if it's true. 
All the king's horses, all Humpty the king's men. Humpty cannon. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, it's whilst just Matt good to have looks a, things up on is. the internet, we'll let you get on with the uh, the rest of the podcast. This is All Day Breakfast. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All Day Breakfast. Matt O'Kine, so excited to be chatting to our next guest, whose very first EP is coming out on Friday, and it is called Psycho's First EP. That is because the incredible artist behind it is called Psycho, and she joins us on the phone right now. Hello, Psycho. Hello. Oh, congratulations. (laughs) First EP coming out this week. You must be stoked. Yeah, I am so excited. I cannot wait for everyone to hear it. I absolutely love, from the, the minute I pressed play on Best Before, I absolutely loved it. Oh, it hits you hard, the, the synths at the start. Oh, I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> you make music, I mean, you're only 19 years old, but it, to me it felt like a really mature debut EP, if that makes sense. Like there's so many artists that blow up quite young with that young energy that the teens all love and, you know, jump on. But I fi- find your music does seem like so self-assured. Do you know what you put that down to is it the um what you're thinking about is that the production around it i i couldn't pick up why why i thought that way but um maybe you can help me out that's really kind by the way thank you um i i don't i'm not too sure but i feel like maybe because i've been like producing and understanding the world of production since like i was in grade 10 that like i know sort of what i want maybe Mm, absolutely. And when it comes to songwriting, um, I know that the most recent single that has just come out, Past Life, was about a argument you had with your best friend? Yeah. I'd say I'm quite spiritual, so I always think about if there's past life and get really existential about it. And um, I met this, my best friend, like, and it was like a very short connection that like we really bonded straight away. And so... I don't know, I always thought like maybe I've known her before and that we were always meant to meet. So that's why the concept of it, like even though we had this big argument that like it's not going to change our bond, like our connection, I guess. So I don't know. Oh, well, it's turned into a great song. We've got a little bit of a grab of it here. We might pop in. So great you can turn those existential chats into uh, such a great beat there, Psycho, but I love that you mentioned it. Let's get existential reincarnation, yes or no? Um, I, I say yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you say? I reckon because I don't remember any of my past lives or life or the fact that this is my first one, so it's an absolute chance that we became who we are, right, with this consciousness. So once we um, pop off, which everyone has to do at the end, there doesn't, it doesn't strike me that another chance just happens. I don't, I don't think there's, that's out of the question. Yeah, I don't think so either because energy can't be destroyed. So it, wouldn't it just bounce back into the universe? Look, I mean, me personally, I'm still not convinced that we're not a computer game. <laughs> Yeah. So that's really, I'm still waiting for, I still see glitches in the matrix a few too often to uh, not believe that. So might that's as well enjoy it. the ride well, while it lasts. Hey, Psycho, we spoke just before we hit record on this interview about um, uh, just life in general and you uh, you mentioned a 
mm, should I say, medical situation that you uh, were going through recently? Yeah, so I, I went to the doctor today and um, recently my, I don't know, my girlfriend like saw my belly button and was like, that that looks disgusting, what's going on in there, and started like picking at it and doing surgery on it and pulled out these like navel stones. And I, this is a, a bit ago, and I, I went to the doctor today and they, I told them about it, asking like what, what it was, and she had no idea and... So I don't know what was in my belly button, but... Navel stones. Was that like yeah. a bit of lint that had um, started to Just solidify? Cal- What's going on? You're pulling out diamonds from your belly button. I genuinely was. It, it, there was a bottom one that, that was like a huge rock that had a root to it that was we literally pulled from my skin. <laughs> oh, my God. That is incredible. Oh, my God. Do you know what it probably... It could have been really like because when... Um, because when my daughter was born recently, you know, they clamp the belly button and they just walk around with this little clamp over their over their belly button for um, over their umbilical cord mm. for, for like two weeks and then it sort of just falls off and it's so gross. It stinks <laughs> yeah. so bad. And I reckon maybe you just had a little bit of that still stuck in there for the last 20 years. My girlfriend said the same thing and I just don't want to believe that that was growing in me for 19 years. <laughs> Psycho, how are you feeling right now in terms of your career in the world that is hampered by COVID? I feel like I was kind of like a COVID baby and so I didn't really know what life could have been like because I've never played like big festival shows or anything like or gone on tours. Um, So I'm excited to see what happens but like for the moment my life has just been seeing numbers. They don't really mean anything to me. Um, oh, that's so, so true. Yeah. <laughs> and what about what about the gigs that you have done? What's been one of the highlights? And can you tell me why? Oh, definitely playing um, dribble at the Perth Stadium. It was like the year before that we did our first live session in the roller skating rink for dribble, and then a year later we played to fifty five thousand people, and that was so immense. And because some people, like, when we play dribble, people actually know the words and it's just mind-blowing. <laughs> oh, that must so be such awesome. a great moment. Well, we wish you all the best with it. Your EP does come out on Friday. It is literally called Psycho's First EP, which I love. I think we're kindred spirit Psycho because in Year 12, when we got our Year 12 jumpers, everyone put their name on there. But instead of just putting my name, I put my name is Alex embroidered in there. So I reckon that we're on the same wavelength when it comes to um, naming things. Can you tell us, did you have to convince anyone to call it uh, Psycho's first EP? Um, it was going to be called Time's Up, but we didn't want to take away from the Me Too movement. So mm. I just suggested, because I, I think I'm a bit lazy in that sense. So I just decided, could we just call it Psycho's first EP? And it was like silence and then just... <laughs> Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the room full of the American execs, uh, yeah. whatever you want. Uh, yeah, yeah let, it's called Psycho's First EP. Let's get it out there. Let's put it on billboards. I love it. Is, it, is the trend going to be t- continue? Is it Psycho's first album, uh, Psycho's second effort, those kind of those kind of things? Because I know uh, Kings of Leon, they always had like five syllables for the names of their albums and stuff. They start a tradition. Do you reckon this will be a one-off or we're looking at a bit I of really a path now? I really hope not because I, I, I just need to feel like it's a bit 
Yeah, it's just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you're releasing music under these conditions, you can do whatever you want, Psycho. <laughs> and we thank you very much for uh, coming and joining us today on All Day Breakfast. It is called Psycho's First EP, S-Y-C-C-O. If you want to check out Psycho on Spotify and be one of uh, her 500,000th and one uh, monthly listener, you're absolutely killing it. And we cannot wait to, uh, to see uh, you live on stage at some point soon as well, Psycho. Thank you guys so much. Now, Matt, yesterday on All Day Breakfast, we did discuss uh, my uncle's experience of being at the local bowls uh, and amazingly, against all odds, a streaker coming across the pitch at a uh, at a bowling green. Um, a lot of people very surprised. Not the place you'd normally get the, um, the people who were having a bit too much fun of a time that they thought we need to get out here and show everyone what I've got. But um, we did lead us to say, when have you seen a streaker? I mean, we've all seen them, uh, you know, across the sort of your crickets. Yeah. Cricket seems to be the main streaker event, doesn't it? Yeah. Local footy um, has it a little bit as well. Um, you did mention the theatre as having a streaker at one point. Because theatre just has nude people anyway because it's artistic. <laughs> and, I do, and I do remember going to this one exhibition. I think it was like in Sydney at the, the Watson's Bay Wharf. Is that that's ring a bell? So you, Matt, you've been around Sydney for a while. Anyway. An art gallery or theatre? It was it was an art installation at this wharf particular okay. thing. And you're walking through, see different rooms. Some had clothes, others were naked. But there was this one room. It was very dark and there was a spotlight uh, on a wall. Sure, it was about- Sexpo? No, pretty sure. I haven't been to Sexpo yet. But imagine a streaker at Sexpo. It's like, is this... <laughs> With all their clothes on, just yeah. running through? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone running through Sexpo clothed. Uh, as a sketch idea for you. But um, yeah, there's this, this room, very dark, but a spotlight on the wall. And in the middle of a wall was a bike seat. Okay. And there was a person just literally balancing on this bike seat, nude, this lady... And her arms were sort of going out, like she was doing very slow sort of star jump kind of things, but just sitting on a bike seat like a metre, two metres off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and just going like that and just up and down, sort of like almost a, a nude human clock or something on the wall. Like just, a big butterfly, like both arms moving up and down, like flapping very slowly. Yeah, and I guess you could only do that for so long because when I was in the room, you happened to be there. I happened to be there, I think, for the changeover because you can, you know, you can only keep up a nude butterfly on a single bike seat on a wall for so long. So <laughs> the, the other artist was was getting up on the on the thing, and so they walked in sort of with a robe on. <laughs> this person at a step ladder. They put the step ladder down, and then. The person who was on there climbed off the seat onto the ladder, walked down the ladder. The person took off the robe, walked up the ladder, had like a wet wipe and like wiped down the bike seat. (laughs) (laughs) Put it in the robe pocket, took off the robe and then got on and started doing the the nude human human butterfly wall. (laughs) But I just thought, oh, the poor, the wet wipes does take you out of the artistic merit of this. have to come back and just experience it another time. But um, we did ask you, when have you seen a streaker? Okay, and um, look, we got a call. Bo from Sydney is joining us. G'day, Bo. Hey, mate. How are you? Good, thanks, Bo. Now, set the scene. Where are you? What are you watching? Okay, so, yes, yeah, so I'm a truck mechanic. Um, and, yeah, in our workshop, yeah, a few years ago, we, used, we had an apprentice there and he used to love doing nudie runs through the workshop. Middle of the day, just get shit off and just go for it. <laughs> 
Was it to celebrate anything? Like, I know. <laughs> no, I, did you play I, I, any games of pool and he got pantsed or something? Is it, what what set it off? Did he, like, not fix something on time and then had to do it as a punishment or what? What? He, he was hopeless. He was hopeless on the tools, but he he was good for that. So, yeah, he used to, I don't know what actually started it, but, yeah, he just got into it one day and, yeah, never stopped, even to the point where they said, if you do it one more time, you won't have a job here. Well, yeah, I can imagine they did. If I was working anywhere and someone just constantly started running through naked, I'd be like, get back to work. You could tell he was going to do it. He used to, because we used to wear overalls, so I had a room where you got changed, so he'd go, he'd You'd know he was going to do it because he'd walk a set of overalls to the other end of the workshop oh. and put them down. <laughs> then he'd go back and then within the five minutes he'd be running through in, in the nutty, yeah. <laughs> so he'd strategically place the overalls at the yeah. at the finish line of the yeah. of the nudie but, run. Yeah, even better. So where he used to put them, it was, it was like a storage room. So you could go in and then had a door out. So he used to run in, put them, put them back on and then just walk out as if nothing happened. Yeah. But one day they, one of the boys went in and closed the door on him. <laughs> so, so he went and moved the overalls. So he ran in, couldn't find the overalls to get get back changed into. And then he had to come back into the workshop and then he just quickly ran out and he was out the back of the – he had to go out the back of the yard. All the customers are driving through. And <laughs> oh, my God. I did like one of the other apprentices to run a set out. Yeah, when it starts going to a, a, a walk or a stroll, the nudie run is is crucial. It's not quite as joyous Nothing a thing. Nothing sadder going, than a nudie walker cupping their balls going, has anybody seen my overalls? <laughs> well, look, here at Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast, we, we don't advise you do the nudie run through your workplace no. or anyone's workplace. Uh, let's just dis- use that disclaimer. Um, but thank you very much, Bo, for getting in touch. Yeah, it sounds worries. like... Uh, Believe it or not, that company's not around anymore. Yeah. Oh wow! Well, interesting. All right. Well, could it be the customers reporting a nude, a nude worker walking around? Who knows? I wasn't there. Thank you so much, Bo. We'll catch you later. No worries, boys. See you, boys. Bye. See ya. And thank you for listening to All Day Breakfast today. Uh, no matter what state of dress you did it in, you, we don't mind you um, turning up to our podcast, Nude, uh, as it is an audio medium. And in fact, we are you separate. know what. We prefer it. So keep it, keep getting those that kid off and uh, keep chinning in to us every day. At Matt.Andalalex, if you want to keep in touch with us on Instagram, so please send us any stories, anything that you've heard from today that you relate to mm. or anything you just want to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and please join us tomorrow for another episode. Sounds good. Catch you later. Bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Listener.